The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Cleaning Nation, how amazing is it to be with you today with Lindsay and myself? We are uh, Mike's co-handlers. Lindsay is the magic behind the scenes of Grow My Cleaning Company. She uh, handles pretty much everything um, because she's an amazing unicorn. So if you're looking for somebody like Lindsay, good luck. But (laughs) if you do get one, consider yourself blessed. So today I'm going to open the floor up to Lindsay to answer some awesome questions about handling employees and whatnot. So uh, Lindsay, do you have anything to say before we get like started into the nitty gritty? Yeah. So first of all, thank you, Natalie, for coming in and standing in for Mike and switching roles with me. This is fun. Um, I did have a note because I know last week I promised someone in chat, Mike Marino, he had a question for Mike and I was like, we're going to start the next live next week with that question and then i lied i'm sorry we're gonna do it next week because i want mike to answer your question so i still have your question mike marino i didn't forget about you um so nat what do we got who is asking questions what's going on i'm kind of scared but let's just do this you've got this all right so the first question that we have is from virginia it's a three-parter wait three three parter <laughs> i math good um, all right. First part is, is it better to have an overseas VA for lower cost or hire one through a company here in the U.S., which costs more? Ooh, this is such a good question because it really depends on, well, it really depends on you. I hate to cop out and say this generic answer, but I will get more nitty gritty, I promise. Because unlike Mike, <laughs> I like to get really nitty gritty um, and give you well, the second. Answers. The second part of that was what are the risks with using an overseas VA? So hopefully that will be. Oh, yeah, I'll cover yeah. that too. Okay, so. All right. So American versus overseas. Okay, so obviously the cost is a big difference. Um. I would hire a USBA if I wanted someone, say they had to make a lot of phone calls and you wanted to have someone that speaks like colloquial, I don't know if that's the right word, English from your area that you have, you know that they're going to be understood easily, no problem. That is probably one of the only times that I would go US first. Um, but that being said, Recently, I've worked with some, uh, especially Filipino VAs that like speak more updated American slang than me, and you can't even tell that they're from overseas. So, yeah, I think it's definitely worth a try to go um, get someone from overseas to even try that route first. Um, so, the risk with using an overseas VA, okay. So I wouldn't really call it a risk. Let's call it a downside. So a downside would be something like, um, obviously, if you hire someone in the Philippines, I'm on the East Coast, uh, Apple, our amazing VA here at Grow My Cleaning Company, she is 12 hours, sometimes 13 hours in the future ahead of me. (laughs) So when we have meetings 
it can really be like 12 a.m. for her. And um, so that's something you need to clearly communicate the hours and make sure they're comfortable working. I know Mike says a lot of times, like, no one works good at 3 a.m., even if you're used to it. So that's always something to keep in mind. They might say they're used to it, but they might not be. Um, risk, like, when I hear that word also, I kind of think of pay. So, like, how am I going to pay them securely? Um, things like that. It's easier now than ever to pay someone with little risk as possible. I mean, PayPal is my go-to for sending anyone money overseas um, because there it mitigates your risk. Um, there's a ton of options out there too. I know, I think there's one called like Wise or something like that that mm-hmm. a lot of Filipino VAs like, but that'll that'll mitigate like the major risk I see. Does that make sense, Matt? Am I just... Yeah, absolutely. No, that totally makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I've had that like when with when I work with the VAs as well, like that time difference is tricky. Um, and it's really important that you communicate that upfront when you're hiring them because yeah, sometimes they're like, oh, I can just work whenever. It's like, no, no, no. I need you to be available for these hours because if you need problem solving or something to be done, you don't want to wait 12 hours for them to respond to you. So yeah, exactly. And I'm a big fan of, um, I, I like to incorporate what I call kind of like a hybrid crossover schedule with my VAs. So a lot of them will work, um, from like 4 a.m. my time till noon my time. And by noon, hopefully my time, I know like I either have to have my meetings with them or give them like their projects. Like I like that Mm -hmm. um, kind of schedule. Of course, someone on Pacific time, it might be a little rougher. You might have to like work out something. So I hear you saying is have somebody on the East Coast to manage your overseas (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that works out good for your my cleaning company. Let's, let's, yeah, let's do Not that. Not so much for like, you know, you know, finances or whatever, but yeah. Um, all right. So then the second part um, is, can we justify on spending a, on a VA when we are just moderately profitable? Paying a VA seems like it would strip away that profit, but maybe pay off in the long run. Um, it's kind of like a complex question that really requires like, more understanding of like what that VA is going to do, right? Like you need to know there's cost of goods sold and there's overhead. Is this VA going to be bringing in income or are they just going to be a straight expense? So what's your experience with that? Ooh, like you just set that up perfectly. Yeah. You, before you even hire someone, you have to know what your cost of goods sold are, what your expenses are. You need to know if you can even afford this person. Right. Um, and we have like, 1 million podcasts about this. So <laughs> definitely go back through our library and find it. Um, like every other podcast. Um, but so, yeah. So to justify it. Yeah. So, okay. Let's back up one second here because if we do go the Filipino route, something I didn't touch on that people are probably like, why are you hiring someone that's like halfway around the world? The U.S. dollar goes much farther there. You, some of the VAs I've worked with, it's four dollars an hour to you know ten dollars is a lot. Honestly, I would say four to eight is a good range, right? So it's probably a lot cheaper than you think to hire someone part time, like even twenty hours a week. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. Um, the other thing, so that's the tactical part, but then there's kind of like I guess. Well, we all know I'm not a mindset coach here at Grow My Cleaning Company, but I'm going to attempt a mindset thing. Bear with me. If you're a business owner, you need to think, how can I... I You're probably tired of cleaning and scrubbing toilets, right? So 
you want to think more of how you can work on your business instead of in it, I'm assuming. One of the ways you can do that is by freeing up some of this admin work. There's stuff you're probably doing that it just takes up your time, like handling clients, um, scheduling, stuff like that could easily be offloaded to a VA. So you're kind of investing in yourself and in your business by investing in the VA because it frees up time for you to think about other things and do more for your company um, that are more aligned with you as an owner. Hopefully that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, there are certain things that you as an owner can only do, right? You are exactly. the only person that cares enough to see the big picture, to do the difficult things like planning for your future and the direction of your company and mm -hmm. like improving systems and processes so that you can actually grow and scale. If you're busying yourself with, you know, calling and confirming appointments or rescheduling people or minor, minor tasks that are repetitive and easy to have somebody do, you're wasting your efforts. That's, that's $20 an hour task when you should mm -hmm. be doing 200, $300, $400 an hour tasks or even a thousand dollar tasks if you are really cranking on your business. So if you're making no profit, no, it doesn't make sense to have somebody fill that. But if you are and you are ready to go to the next level and grow and expand your business, then you absolutely have to start delegating and off offloading menial tasks that, you know, just are wasting your time that are important, right? Like if mm -hmm. they're not important, then just don't do them. But if they are important enough to be done, but they're not important enough to, uh, if they're not more important than the things that you actually need to be working on, then you absolutely need to delegate those. Yeah, For sure. well said, well said. Hey, new friend, love that you are here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube. Similar content, you just get to see each other. It's totally free. Or if you want to say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on, we'll see you there. The third party, or the third part, Part of this question was how long of a training period do you think it's reasonable for a VA to do a good job at customer service? Can a VA do customer service sufficiently? And currently it feels like there's so much tribal knowledge needed to do a good job with customer service. Oh, okay. That's, that's, like a, that's a heavy one. <laughs> These are all really good questions. Virginia, right? Virginia asked this? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tribal knowledge, I'm trying to I'm assuming, I'm kind of going backwards, but I'm assuming tribal knowledge means like the culture of your company and stuff like that. So, okay, got it. All right. So let's go back. Let's go back to training periods. So um, we talked about Filipino VAs before. I'm a huge advocate for it. So I'm just going to kind of go that route and explain a, a couple of more differences between American versus Filipino. If you have a Filipino VA, there's a good chance that they're gonna, the learning curve is gonna be a little more steep. It's gonna probably take, I usually say about two weeks to get, start getting into a good flow and get things going. Um, I mean, even with Americans, I, I think two weeks is pretty, I mean, by two weeks, they should definitely be rolling, you know, <laughs> because yeah. English is their first language, I would say within a week for them, assuming you're spending a good chunk of time investing in them every day. So when I'm training mm -hmm. a new VA, onboarding them, specifically for a task we haven't, like for a new position, um, I'm spending usually a good hour with them a day for the first week. And then maybe the second week, we might go down to like, you know, half hour meetings every day. And then we'll go down to like, you know, half an hour every week or 
an hour every week. So yeah, I would give it a, a couple of weeks. Um, and then regarding doing customer service sufficiently, heck yes. Um, nowadays you have phone systems that are voice over IP, you know, just there's, uh, we don't endorse them or anything. It's just a company eight by eight. They do phone. There's a million like phone services that are all online now. You can use with an app. You can use whatever. Um, even Google Voice, right? So, and you can do um, email over, you know, <laughs> over virtual, obviously. So, yeah, um, definitely. I, I feel like since the pandemic, you know, changed everything, right? Most customer service, even in America, is work from home. For so, sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but I think. It, as long as you have like really good systems and processes, anybody exactly. like with, um, you know, <clears throat> there are many, many competent people out there and they mm -hmm. can overcome that language barrier if they have excellent service or excellent, excellent systems and processes. Mm -hmm. um, and customer service isn't going to be like, you're not going to be going out there and changing the oil on the car. It's basically like scheduling, you know, fielding complaints or, you know, fielding requests for times of changes or whatever. Like there's not going to be like this massive, like endless list of things that they're going to be doing. It's like they do three or four different things that are very repetitive. And when something new comes up, add that to your systems. But there should be just like systematized ways to do the customer service that pretty much anybody could do. So, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, cool. Uh, anything else you want to about? Oh, sorry. They said something about tribal knowledge that I yes. was, wasn't sure, but I'm just going to assume they meant with culture. Um, like if you feel like you need your person, your customer service rep or your client happiness manager, whatever you want to call them, you need to make sure you're fostering a good culture. And here we go, folks, your favorite phrase, core values in your company. <laughs> so when you hire, um, if you have that locked and loaded, your culture will be built in. And um, that will just kind of go out into your clients when your customer service rep, client, happiness manager, or whatever, your VA is talking with people and communicating with them. That'll kind of like seep out just because that's who they are. So hopefully okay. that answers the tribal knowledge needed. <laughs> I think you did pretty well. Um, we'll see if she, you know, if she messages like angry rants, you know, <laughs> we'll know if we were wrong. Um, okay, so we've got another couple one. Um, Beverly Ford emailed in saying, my question is when hiring a VA, when just starting your business, do you have them working every day and for how many hours per day? Oh, yeah, this is a, I get this question a lot, especially with our clients because it's such a new concept for them. And again, it's going to sound like a cop out, but it's all about what you need. So I'm a big advocate of figuring out what you need first and don't worry about it's got to be 40 hours a week it's got to be 20 hours a week like figure out how long it takes you to do the stuff that you want to offboard and then add a little time to it right because like mm -hmm. if you're offboarding scheduling and it takes you i don't know an hour it might take a new person two hours until they get efficient at it um so yeah, um, and having them work every day, I, again, it depends on the job, like a scheduler, they might not need to work every day. Like I know Mike says this a lot, like schedulers, you might just want to pay them a flat rate to be ready because one day might be super crazy busy with people calling out and people sick and rescheduling and then nothing the next day. You know what I mean? So 
it's it's good a good idea, especially in that kind of position to have them working every day. Um, and here I go plugging Filipino VAs again. But <laughs> if if you can afford to hire even a, a Filipino VA for twenty hours a week, and you don't like this happens to me all the time. I don't always have twenty hours of work for someone to do right. Um, Apple's full time actually. I don't always have 40 hours a week for her, but she and I have an understanding. I'm upfront with her. It's like, Hey, sometimes it's going to be more like, sometimes we're going to have like a live event where I can't be in my normal position. I'm going to rely on you a little more to help me with the back end. So she totally mm -hmm. gets it. Um, so yeah, whatever you decide, just be upfront with the person. It never hurts to say, Hey, we're going to start with 10 hours a week and have room to grow. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I agree. Like you just got to get them schooled up and, and yeah, we've tried that, right? Where we try to do like the piecemeal where we just pay them per hour and they're just not making enough. So just that, that flat rate with that, that understanding that sometimes it's going to be more or less. Yeah. Them Cause it equalizes it. It gives them like some kind of like, okay, I've got some reasonable expectation to make this mm -hmm. money every month. And then we kind of know what our expenses are and that kind of balances out. So that's yeah. probably the best way. I would not try to like nickel and dime and do the hourly thing because A, it's a pain in the butt and B, it's just, not predictable and it's hard yeah. to get somebody that's really dedicated if it's up and down for them. Yeah. Um, cool. Exactly. Uh, last thing. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> okay. Chris Dernago. And we actually talked about this before, so we kind of cheated, but <laughs> we're going to ask his question, which was um, what's the best way to have your workers phone in their hours? Um, he says, I have my, my workers call in their hours, but sometimes they don't do it until the last minute. And I don't, if I tell them they don't turn them in, they're not going to get paid, but obviously I don't want to do that to them. What's the system that I could have them get their hours to be on Monday so I could do my payroll. Um, I know you guys say payroll every two weeks, but I just can't do that any, uh, yet. So think in advance. Um, so Lindsay and I were kind of talking about this and this is what Mike would, would absolutely say. And we kind of agree, but, um, you don't have to do that to them every time. You just have to miss one payroll and they will get their numbers in on time. I assure you. And it sucks because you don't want to be punitive and you don't want to be a jerk. But at the same time, now they're basically having you suffer the consequences for their ineffectiveness or their inability to do their job. When you hire them, you're not saying like, hey, I'm going to come into your house at nine o'clock at night on a Saturday and I'm going to ask you your hours. You tell them a very reasonable request, which is you need to get your hours into me at this certain time. If you don't do that, you have to wait until the next pay period and they may throw a fit or whatever, but hopefully that's in your core values <laughs> where you guys are all team players and you understand that you have a job and you take responsibility for that job. So if they are unwilling or unable to get you their numbers by a certain time, then they have to wait until the next period pay period. And I assure you, they will only do that once they will either quit, which shows them that they were not really a core values fit because they're putting their needs ahead of what they committed to do and do their job. Um, or, they will go, shit, that was a big mistake. I'm going to make sure I don't do that next time. And that's it. Like nobody likes to be the bad guy. I, I certainly don't like it. Like I just, that's very difficult for me. And Mike has all the difficult conversations, but um, I've seen it time and time again, when people actually have to be responsible for their behaviors or their um, shortcomings in work, uh, they, they figure it out really quickly, really quickly. And if you start to coddle them and make excuses for them, they will find an excuse why they didn't do it every single week. And you're going to be stuck doing that over and over and over again. So long story short, Chris, you got to be the bad guy just once and then they'll figure it out. Um, Lindsay, do you have anything else to add to that or any experiences on your end? Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of thinking even in our company, 
we have that same procedure. It's like, it's on me to send our accounting team the invoice at <laughs> the 15th. <laughs> I better send it in or I'm not getting paid. Like, we're all nice and love each other here, but I know I won't get paid. And I've actually woken up like early mornings, <laughs> like, I gotta get this in. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just being held accountable. That's all it is. And yeah, sometimes you have to be the bad guy, but honestly, if I send the invoice, I, it's my, my job to tell someone how much I worked. Like, you know, when you get the right person, they're going to know that and they're going to be on top of it. They're going to want to get paid. And, uh, yeah, you're not going to be the bad guy. Also, Chris, it sounds like you're doing this very old school where you're literally having someone phone, phone it in. Um, and, uh, if that's the case, I mean, the next step up, I would have them just send you an email, right? They could just email you like, here's the days I worked. And then you could go one step. If you want to get even more high tech, there's apps out there like, uh, Zenmade, Jobber. There's probably at least like a few hundred more that Cleaning Nation knows better than me, but you, they can download the app to their phone and they can just log their hours in. Like when they get to the house, I think some of them or the location, I think some of those apps even GPS like locate them. Mm -hmm. So you have proof. So that's pretty cool. So I would, you know, check that out too. Yeah, there's definitely ways that you can make that streamlined and, and much quicker. And yeah. Yeah. You take out that whole like, you know, human element <laughs> tends to go a little bit faster, less people screw up. Yeah. Be um, a robot. Be a robot, Chris. <laughs> be a robot. There you go. There's a lot of AI out there. I get I guarantee you there's something out there that can do that. Um yeah. Just kind of excited. Like that's the one thing they can't do. They can't clean your houses. Yet. Yes. <laughs> I want the um, made from the Jetsons. You know the made from the Jetsons? Like I where, do remember Rosie? that. Where's Rosie? Rosie? Yeah. I need Rosie. Rosie. Yeah. I do. Yeah. That would be great. I mean, kind of creepy, but also great. Yeah. Um until you, they realize but... they don't need us. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, to our future robot overlords. I welcome you. Thank you. Don't <laughs> clean my me, house. Please. Yeah, clean my house. <laughs> And don't murder me in my sleep. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say? I don't see any other um, questions posted here. So cool. Uh, unless anybody has any amazing questions or comments or rude remarks, we will end our time here. And uh, wishing everybody in the Grow My Cleaning Company family, Cleaning Nation, a wonderful week. And thank you for hanging out with us. And we love you guys. You make it all worthwhile. Um, yes. Just stay awesome. All right. Bye, Queenie. Bye, guys. Well, here we are, the end of the podcast, and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share it with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me in the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431. 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text. Say hey. Can't wait to meet you.